I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. And on today's episode, I am absolutely ecstatic. You can probably hear in the smile in my voice to be interviewing not only someone who is massively successful in their own right, she has built her own property portfolio worth multi-millions of pounds. She now teaches and helps other people to do the same. She is the property strategist, helping people, including me, to identify their strategies and progress forward within their business. But she is also a really good friend of mine and it is an honour to be introducing to you today the fabulous Jackie Tomes. Morning, Jackie. Hello. Oh, good morning. Oh, that's such a lovely intro. I feel like I can't do any better than that intro. Let's just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely can. And I know that Jackie can because she has got so much value to add. So those of you who've listened to the podcast before will know that I, when I interview, I have really free flow, really relaxed vibe. And that's exactly what we're going to do now because I don't want to stop Jackie in her tracks. She's created some very successful businesses and it's been a privilege to be working alongside. I've been, we both started speaking and training for progressive and progressive success around the same time. And as many of you know, lots of people take completely different trajectories. So with that in mind, I just need to make reference to the fact that while I'm sat, and actually the sun is shining today in Liverpool, which is a rarity in itself, but it's not shining as much as it is on Jackie, who is currently sat in Cape Town. So Jackie, why are you in Cape Town? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and where you use within your business and your everyday life any form of presenting, pitching, and public speaking. Awesome. Yeah, I can't believe it. I'm sitting here. I've literally got Table Mountain there in my view. I'm feeling very grateful for life right now and a little bit jammy too because I know in the UK things are rather locked down at the moment. But So yeah, I'm, I'm Jackie um, and it's, it's really cool to be doing this podcast here with you today because we've just been on such a journey and I think you've seen all the rocky moments that we've been through along the way and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those as we, um, as we go through this but uh, there's, there's two sides to our business. There's, there's Tomes Homes, which is the investment side, and there's property strategy, which is training and consultancy for property investors to essentially take what we've done in Tomes Homes and use those learnings in their own business. And for, for me, public speaking and presenting, I've used most of all for the property strategy business and really as a way to get the message out there of the kind of learnings that we've had along the way the crap times that we've had along the way to help others to navigate their way around that. Um, and so it's been an amazing tool to kind of elevate the, the brands that we're building and to raise the profile. And it's amazing. It's, uh, it's scary when you put your head above the parapet and start putting yourself out there for these kind of things. But for us, we wouldn't be where we are today if I hadn't gone down this public speaking route. And whilst we've taken some cul-de-sacs along the way, uh, it's it's been a huge part of, I guess, the, the profile that we've that we've built. Awesome. And I think that's something that I think we should touch upon immediately is you're talking about elevating your brand. You're talking about raising your profile, which you do both for your business. I know you've done it in kind of previous life before you started doing what you're doing. How important do you think it is for business owners, entrepreneurs and, you know, people in everyday life in a job, in a business to have a brand to nurture it? And how can they best raise their profile? I think having having a brand, it's something that takes many years to build. And I know we're, we're only scratching the surface of it still now. We've got a long way to go. But I think 
that, that brand and what that stands for and the value of it. If you are in something for the long term, I think it's so worthwhile building it because it has such, it, you know, it encompasses all of that, that, that goodwill and that goodness that you've put out into the world and what you stand for. And I just think if you nurture it and look after it in the right way, it will pay you dividends for, for the rest of your life. Um, so I think it's really important, but it's not a quick payback. I don't think with the brand stuff, I think there's obviously things that in terms of like shorter term, uh, cash flow, it's definitely not the quickest win, but if you're in something for the long term, which we totally are, I think it's worth putting that time and resources into it to, to build something that really means something. Um, and what was the second part of your question? How has like public speaking been part of that? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, how do you how do you go about building a brand? If we've got people, so we have people from all walks of life who listen to the podcast, um, and we have people, quite a lot of people who are brand new to understanding and realizing the importance of public speaking because they've perceived previously that public speaking is standing on a stage and delivering a speech. When month after month in this podcast, I'm also always sharing that it's not just that. So, how does how do you build that skill set in public speaking and where do you use it within your business? I think one of the great things about public speaking is even if you don't want to be the world's best public speaker, which I don't, um, for me, it's more about using it as a tool to get the message out there. Um, and but what I think it's really helped is when you are telling your, your story and talking about your business all the time on stage and you you just get so comfortable speaking about it and learning what lands and what excites and inspires people. When you come to then doing things like an elevator pitch, like, or just standing up in front of a room of people and saying what you do, it's just easy. Um, because you've just got that, you, you, your, your heart isn't like in your throat when you're standing up because you've, there's far more complicated things to stand up on a stage for an hour to just get up and do one minute. You're like, yeah, fine, whatever. And it just makes it so much, you just feel so much more confident. And I think the elevator pitch that I know I was thinking of one time earlier this year that I was in a room of like many other business owners and I had to stand up and just say who we are and what we do. And I, it, I had so many people approach me off the back of just doing that like 30 second or whatever it was introduction because it I really knew what points to put across. And that's only because I've spent so many hours saying it in various different ways and figuring out what lands. So even though, yeah, it's just that, that compound effect over time of just having to know yourself and put that out to the world is, um, yeah, good stuff comes to you. Awesome. And Everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I sit quietly write, write loads of notes down because there's so much in what people say. And one of the reasons that when I interview people, although I usually have a few stock questions that I have that I want to answer, I don't write a list of questions of, you know, this is the way it should be. And I'm, the, I'm a really structured person in the way that I've learned how to public speak and the things that I do. But I love free flow within these interviews because I think the gold really comes out of it. There are two words that you mentioned in there, which I'm going to touch upon first before we move on to the next bit, if that's okay. And the first one is the value that you give. You mentioned very early on when building a brand, when raising your profile, it's focusing on the value that you give and that in turn builds goodwill. Now, when I 
explain this to our podcast listeners. I'm always talking about a value before victory. You have to provide value before any victory, whether that's your standard innovation of a sale. And the goodwill being that if there's going to be any exchange of funds in any way, shape or form for the products or services that you offer, that you have to build that goodwill first. So how would you say value plays its part? What kind of, what's most important to you in giving value to your customers, your clients? And what do you do with that then goodwill built? Mm. So, from, from, yeah, building, I think that, that goodwill is also through that process of, of giving value, you're also building credibility. So I think it kind of plays two, two parts um, because, you know, if, if someone's found you completely afresh and they don't know who you are, that's one that's good part to having a wider brand as well. If you're doing good work for lots of other people and you've consistently delivered, which is really important to us in what we do, then you have good word of mouth going around. Then all these people who you've been brilliant for talk about you in a good light. Um, so people have a little touch point in that, in that regard and then they come in, but they don't know who you are really and what you stand for. And in putting across, you know, yeah, great content, great information that people can just see under the skin about what you're about and how you can help them. And I think that's, that's really what it comes down to, demonstrating that you, you have that knowledge that you can go out there um, to, to support people with. Um, but I think there is definitely a, a balance. And I think us as a business, we always tilt. Um, and I think it's, it will ultimately be brilliant for us, but it's also one of our biggest downsides too, is that we give so much and we just put so much uh, value out there sometimes, you know, ultimately to the detriment of the business because you just want to help people. Um, and that means that sometimes you undersell the value that you're bringing and you, and you give so much away and not necessarily the people who are there to receive it are, you know, ready to pay for your services. So I think it's about getting that that timing that right between the amount of value that you're bringing to demonstrate your credibility, but then you also need to ensure you've got a good process that for people who do want to know more, they, they, they come and they work with you and they pay for those services. I think I haven't got the, the balance of that right many times. I've given too much, but if you give too much for free, people don't really value it. And if people don't really value it, they're not going to act upon it and really commit to it. And then you're not going to really see the results. So I think it's, it's about getting that value right to be able to, to stand up there, be confident, get people, allow people to get to know you, which is great about being a confident public speaker and, you know, you using video as a means, like that's amazing. You can put like so much of who you are out there online that people can consume whenever they want. Um, and then making sure that it's clear how you can help people and that those that do want that help can then come on board. I love that. And it's so true that finding that balance and I love you know, the honest approach of saying sometimes I don't get that right. And it's not a set mix. And I think that's really hard for someone who like yourself is really high achieving, and always wants to be the best that they can be. Sometimes that can have a detrimental effect to you because if you give a lot of value and then you don't get whatever the victory is, i.e., you know, people don't utilize that amazing value that you've spent years creating, that you've spent hours and hours honing the way in which you present it to them. And you give it to them knowing that this, you know, you're handing over your baby and people kind of just go, eh, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> 
maybe later <laughs> yeah, that can obviously have an effect on your confidence and vice versa sometimes when you've you know you feel you've given great value and people don't buy the product or service that sometimes it's actually you've given so much value that they think I'm going to go and put this into play first of all um, I think it's really refreshing to hear someone with as much experience as you have saying I don't always get it right and I think that's inspiring for the listeners to know that you know this is not a an exact science it's not give x amount of value receive y in terms of and it's not always about the selling the product or the service it could be you know the profile that you raise the people who buy into you not necessarily buying your product or services but I think one thing that shows through in all of this and you've used the words repeatedly is to help others mm. I'm a massive believer that the more people you help it comes back to you in droves, you know, this is where your word of mouth comes in. You've got clients who are coming to you because, you know, Mr. X or Mrs. Y has said that they've received this great support from you. So you've actually created this confidence being that the more you deliver it, you know, your 30 second elevator pitch, which is generated business for you, generated an interest in you, that it's been hours and hours of practice to get it where it is to see what lands. So, I'd say it's safe to say, and obviously we know each other really well, safe to say that that hasn't always been there and confidence has needed to be built over time. So can you think of any examples of where you've had your confidence knocked? Not necessarily the exact scenario, but what you've done to build that confidence back? Because speaking is not a linear process. And I think for people who see you on a screen, you know, in Cape Town or in Italy or wherever you're currently traveling to and see this great speaker, I think it's really important for people to know that you've worked really hard to get there. So how do you overcome those knocks in your confidence, the, the potential perceived downside to it? How do you overcome that? So I think the biggest, uh, the biggest challenge that I've had from a public speaking perspective has got to have been, is my perfectionism. Um, it, it sounds like one of those bullshit answers, doesn't it? From like a job interview. Oh, what's like, what's your biggest weakness? That's well, I'm just so perfect. I just can't help it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's awful. And I think I've, uh, perfectionism and also holding myself to such high standards um, and having this expectation of what the result will be and when you don't have it when it doesn't work out like that really beating yourself up um, and it it's been really hard at various points and along the public speaking journey and it's been a huge it's pushed me to have to develop myself personally in a way that I wouldn't have had to otherwise. Uh, because for me, another thing that comes off the back of it, just getting all my weaknesses out there right away, caring too much about what other people think. And obviously not great as a public speaker, because there's a lot of people out there that you're literally putting yourself in front of and being like, judge me. <laughs> um, and just learning to deal with all of that. Um, and that also then comes into like comparing yourself to other people around you. So there's just like so much that comes out from from trying to be a public speaker and you you know if you if you you know want to go through that process and you lean into it I'm definitely a, a more rounded person for having gone through that because I think I've had expectations of myself for how particular speeches will go or how they'll be received um, I can remember us two being together at various points when I was just given like awful feedback about some of the speeches that I'd done and it just like it, it crushes you when you've just put so much heart and soul into it and it does make you question god is it is it really worth doing it and you, in, but it's good because it pushes you to 
question those parts of yourself that are actually probably the biggest things that are holding you back from living a fulfilled life, um, being confident in who you are. So God, that's a really rambling way to essentially say it is really tough. And there are, you know, unless you really, you know, want to experience the results of, 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 of it, you, you, you will, you will, um, there will be doubt. There will be tough times is what I'm trying to say. And for me, I'm so glad that I've been through them because ultimately it's pushed me to become a much more authentic version of myself in general life on social media on stage than I would ever otherwise have been able to be. And that has been, that's been a real, um, it's been a real blessing. And I think it helps a lot more people. And to sit here and say like, I'm not perfect and stuff doesn't go always to plan. Actually, you connect so much more with your audience when you share those weaknesses too, because being able to own those weaknesses makes you even stronger. Um, So I can't even remember what your question was now, but... (laughs) when you face those challenges how do you stay resilient what do you do to kind of get back on the horse and realize that you've got a lot of value to give and not let that hold you back I think it's about having clarity about what your personal values are and whose opinion you care about because you can't care about everyone's opinion Uh, and also if you're doing a great job you will be dividing opinion in some way and some people for some people to love you, some people have to hate you. <laughs> um, so you have to be able to, to accept that. So I think knowing what is the result that you're wanting to create, like what, what's the ambition from it all, but also what's your value and that your values that you hold personally and who do you want to, who are you speaking to and whose end result do you, who, whose feelings and thoughts do you care about? And that for me has helped to, to, to break through that at various points because uh, my, my previous background was in acting. Um, so like acting, singing, dancing as my whole dream throughout my teenage years was to like be on the West End stage. And I worked like really hard to make all that happen. And I, ultimately I, I, I failed to achieve yeah, in doing that. And that the problem was, and when I reflect on it now, I think the reason I didn't succeed was because I was trying to take everyone's feedback. I was trying to be perfect by taking every single person's feedback. And in so doing, I made myself beige. Um, So you've got to know whose opinion do you respect and just put aside everyone else's and become someone that really stands for something that that means something, not just someone who's just trying to please everyone. Because I think that's the way to just be quite stuck. That there is so much in that answer that I think, and, and it's so refreshing to hear that because when people perceive quite often a public speaker, they see this figure, you know, they see someone deliver a speech, someone really famous and they think, oh my God, they're amazing at what they do. But people don't see, you know, behind the curtains, the highs and the lows, the challenges that people face. And, you know, you rightly say that I've been there and I've been that person too, who's always wanted to be the best person. And I don't know anyone who's ever strived for perfection as much as you and cared so much what other people mm. think. And there's lots in there. So I'm just going to kind of reiterate a few of those points, which are, we always talk about, we care what people think. And, and I'm, I'm with you on that one. You know, it's, it's one of my blessings and my curses is that I care a lot what people think, but it's so important for you to know that you're caring about 
people the important people think and I don't mean the important people I mean the people whose lives you directly want to affect because everyone's going to have an opinion and it's so true you use the word clarity and I think that's probably the most poignant word in there is you've got clarity around who you are what you stand for and against and you've said from a previous life you know you became in your words beige because you were trying to please everybody and you you know I've seen you have an amazing skill and your striving for perfection has been both the thing that's driven you forward and made you so successful, which you know people can absolutely see. But I think it's so refreshing for people to see that it's not just that you woke up one day, decided you were going to do something, and everything just fell into line for you. You've worked your backside off to get to where you are. And I think more people need to know that. And the fact that you deliver that, you tell people that, which becomes a part of what you do in your day-to-day you know, as a strategist, you have to have walked through that pain before you can help someone else through it, you know? I, I think the reason you are so successful in what you do, and I say that from my perspective because Jackie has helped me when I've been facing those challenges of this is me, but who am I? What do I stand for? What do I want to do? What's the end goal? You know, you're, you're, are you leaning your ladder against the right wall? I'm doing all of these things to be successful, but are they leading to the right outcome? And I think sometimes we'll either walk, work towards someone else's outcome or this perception that we've got and this many of the people who are listening now will potentially face or will face in the future and I just think it's really refreshing you know your desire to succeed is still there and to be a better version of you but it's knowing that perfection doesn't exist there is no such thing as the perfect speech but you may give something that is your perceived worst speech but it touches one person in such a way that it's the best speech Um, And I'm using the word speech, but tell us a little bit about what you do and how you use public speaking, presenting, because I know you do quite a bit of presenting both live and, um, you know, over over technology, especially now, um, and how you think that can help others, because I think this is really beneficial for people to learn from you. So, yeah, so there's the different sides. So I guess there's the, there's the speeches where I go out and speak at other people's events. So maybe like an hour on the stage, 45 minutes on the stage. Um, and that is more for me putting out there who we are, how do we help people and the like concept and mechanics behind that so that people can kind of understand who we are and how we help. Um, and then the, we also less so at the moment, but we do run whole, like whole day events or like three day events, which have been face to face in the past. We've seen not so much this year. Um, and that's depending on the size of the room. It could be that it's a room of like 50 or 60 people. And so then it is much more of a, like you're standing at the front room presenting. And for us, we're always kind of (laughs) to my detriment quite often delivering new stuff like I'm great at creating new content which isn't always um you know great for the business but I really enjoy it so it's getting that balance right so yeah standing at the front of the room and presenting for several days sometimes working alongside other speakers as well um so then you're you know you're collaborating and helping them to get something out of it too and then the smaller rooms are I would say for me they're less about presenting and they're more about just working alongside people to help them work on whatever exercises they need to do to move their business forwards. Uh, And then there's the like online training uh, programs that we run, which have been, because it's not, you know, presenting isn't just about the moment of presentation. Uh, It's about that, how you put together content in a way that's for, for us educationally valuable, useful, can be implemented. And that's, I think what we've, you know, and we continue to hone it 
that like taking quite big concepts and ideas and turning them into practical action um, and just designing stuff in the right way to help people get the best results from it. So yeah, it's, it's, and then I don't even think, I haven't even mentioned about like with the team as well, like you're, you're often having to get your, you know, there's, uh, there's 12 of us in the team across homes, homes and property strategy. And, you know, we, we have like a monthly team meeting where I'm updating the team on, how the business has been going, how we're performing against our objectives. And I can't even imagine how I would do that without those presentation skills. Um, and then the, you know, I think I'd often thought about the presentation value when you're out there to the world, but I hadn't really until recently realized how important that was internally too, in terms of like getting everyone on the same page and excited and driving forwards. Cause I think you can really build some momentum out of all of it. So like, there's just so many, I think there's other things that I've not, I'm not even thinking about being presenting and public speaking and you're probably better at picking them out and mm. what I'm doing than I am. But it's just like the, the breadth of it is huge. And I think to be able to actually sit in your house and record like an hour long video, half an hour, 45 an hour long video about a specific topic and help people to take the information and use it, but to be by yourself and do that in an engaging way that's like an amazing skill that I don't have to take for granted. I'm just like, right, Jackie, can I bash it out and do it? Cause that's just what we've spent. I spent so many years building up to do. So yeah, so many different applications of it and uh, it's building value across our businesses, not just in terms of working with um, clients and people in the wider world seeing it, but you're building up these assets in terms of recorded content too, that can continue to perform and deliver for many years to come. So you can expand your influence, but you know, which is a one-to-one -one consultant, the influence you can have in the world is, you know, it can be brilliant and deep, but it, it can be small because your time is finite. So finding a way to amplify that through these like technology and public speaking, presenting, coming together is amazing. Absolutely. And I think you, people who follow you, and if they don't, we're going to give details at the end of the interview so that people can follow you, because I think what you offer is masses of value. You have honed it over a number of years. And sometimes, you know, there will be people listening now who have this idea and this concept in their head. And it's like, well, how do you actually get it out there? And knowing that you've spent so much time creating, you are a creative person, you always have these ideas, but if someone is the same type of person and then following it through to fruition, you mentioned that there's 12 of you within your team. You know, it started with just you and Dave doing your own businesses and bringing on these additional people. Obviously, it gives you the ability to create more, to hone that skill set. And I love that, you know, even now you're sitting thinking, oh, and we use it there and we use it there. It's, it's this skill set that's ingrained in you but actually you pull the tools out of the tool bag as and when you need them you know the ability to and I think that in itself where you've said you know just sit down and smash this hour-long piece of content out there will be people who are listening to the podcast now who that is their vision that is their aim that is their goal but right now it seems too big a stretch so what piece of advice would you give to people who right now want to get their message out there but the fear of being judged. In fact, I'm going to link this back to what you said earlier on, because yes, I have been in those rooms and there's one in particular that sticks in my mind. And I've never wanted to jump up and hug somebody in the middle of a room so much when someone's giving you feedback, which is meant to be, you know, supportive and feedback is to critique you to improve you further. But even that in itself, the way in which that was delivered, that showed to me a lack of ability to connect with your audience because you can say something but the way that it's heard can be very different across the board 
how do you choose what feedback to take on board? How do you then implement that into your, you know, these, these fears and doubts and concerns that every one of us have. And you've said even now, you know, that desire to be perfect has obviously dwindled, but there's still a desire to, to give good value and for people to perceive you in the right way. There is still a need for you to give value and people will always judge you. So how do you choose whose opinion to accept? And how would you say you then implement that feedback, whether good, bad or indifferent, into the way in which you deliver? Okay, so the, um, the way that I figured out how to, whose opinions to take uh, was therapy. <laughs> to be honest with you, like, it, being, it's, it's a really hard question to answer and deciding who you care about. Um, and it's such a personal thing and there isn't a right or wrong answer. But I think it does also come down to knowing what result that you're trying to achieve and knowing if someone's, the feedback that someone's giving is helping you move further towards that or moving further away from it. Um, so it's such a, it's such a deep personal thing that the way that I had to do quite a lot of personal digging and doing that with a therapist was, I don't know who else could have done that for me because it was such a complicated thing. Um, and I'm still definitely not, not totally there either. There's still work to be done on me, but that if you struggle with something similar, I think it's not, it's not a surface level thing that you can just easily say, oh, well, I'm just going to choose that person because there's something way more that's underneath all of that. I guess a good way to, you know, maybe a more simple way to say is like, who do you admire and who do you respect? And is the person who's giving you feedback, someone that you admire and respect? Uh, and if not, maybe don't, uh, take it from them. But even I think sometimes the, uh, advice of people that you admire and respect might not be right for you at that point. So I think it's more about understanding what you want for your life. And that's, I mean, this is nothing to do with public speaking, but like the wider strategy of us and our business is what has helped um, along this path as well. Is like, that's, that's really what we want. This is who we are. And, you know, if you, and, and feeling happy that if people are getting a bit, some people are a bit annoyed along the way, or don't agree with you, that you actually find some kind of way to enjoy it because quite often it's more a reflection on them themselves how they're reacting to you than it is anything to do with you and I think that is part of who we are as humans like we can work on it but like we have these egos that want to make things all about us but actually um it's everyone's making it all about them so if someone's reacted in a way or judged what you're doing in such a way that you don't feel good about it's probably it's probably nothing even about you in the first place and so I think having I mean, I'm no expert on this stuff. I'm still, um, I'm still a student, but that, that kind of having that being questioned on the thought process that I'm making when I feel uh, like judged or unhappy or whether I should take the feedback or not and just being able to step back and question it and to do it rationally rather than emotionally has, has really helped. You said like, how do you even answer that? But you have, it's each of us find the way individually. And I think the fact that it takes help for that, for you, it was, you know, I saw a therapist. Well, everyone needs that help, I think, because we do all have these, you know, these little isms inside of us where we'll, you know, some people can just bat off feedback and it seems and, and you know for someone who takes it to heart it's like well how can they do that but vice versa there's highs and lows and all of it there's downsides to each and you said I don't really know if this links to public speaking I really do think it does because when we're talking about public speaking in whatever format that is often the fears around it come down to judgment of other people 
And one of the biggest things as humans, I think, is that we take on board what other people say. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of the time people's feedback, criticism, or even praise of what you do is so much more about them than you. And actually also about where they are in their life at that point in time, you know, where you are at that point in time having been through the whole of the five days of ESR and all of the mentorship program with you, you know, we all grew throughout that and continue to do so. And I think it's really important that our listeners know that too, that I continually tell people I'm not the finished article. I'm nowhere near where I want to be in its continual work. And for them to hear that from you, from people who are, you know, they can see you're really successful. It's that it's continual work. It comes back to what you say in terms of values, what's important to you. Everyone is always going to have an opinion and everyone's entitled to their opinion, but you don't need to take it on board and you need to find your strategy to do that. And and when you're talking about strategy, you know, it's what you do in business, but there are strategies that it's been a system, a process that you've had to kind of firstly identify it. Sometimes it's more about them than about you. When people judge you quite often, they're judging you based on their standards, which aren't necessarily yours. And I I just think it's really refreshing for people to hear that and for people to know that sometimes you need some help in dealing with that and never to be afraid to ask for help because none of us have a version of us just yet. And if we were, well, the world would be a very boring place. And I think you're absolutely awesome as you are. So what I'm going to do now, if it's okay with you, is just ask you a couple of quick fire questions. First thing that comes into your head. Okay. <laughs> finish up. So what was your best ever speech or presentation? What's the first one that comes to mind? It has to be speaking at multiple streams of property income, like in London, because for me it was like a full circle round. It was one of the you know, the events that really fired me up for property and being in London and like seeing Rob Moore like up on the stage there was like, I was like, oh my, I've never seen anyone speak like him. And then to, to be there a few years later, delivering one of the speeches that he delivered at that point and being able to make an impact to people in the room was like, oh my God, like the, I guess it's the progress in that, that is so huge. And to be in front of a room of hundreds of people and I, 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 that very oh it's not it's not a quick answer is it um but yeah it was um it was um it was amazing because I felt like I was me up there on the stage and that was also huge progress there as well absolutely love that answer you authentically unapologetically you and that's why people fall in love with you because you have to be the you and to see that progress in yourself you're going to look back at how far you come love that answer what is your what in sticks in your memory is the speech that you felt like your worst speech not necessarily the outcome but that you went oh god maybe i cut out of my memory Uh, for, for me um it's not necessarily a speech that's been in front of a lot of people, but I think some of those practice speeches that I did in front of like you guys at, on ETM and it didn't go to plan and then just getting awful feedback from people that you respect, definite low point. What the hell am I doing with my life? Low point. <laughs> I mean, we've all had those moments and they may be. And I think it's easy for us to laugh about it now but that's why I think these interviews are so important because people who are listening some will be at the right at the start of their journey and it's important for them to know that it's not this linear process to success where they achieve achieving what you're achieving now 
Two, that it's important for people to know that the low point doesn't always have to be the low point. And I think the fact that your best speech was where you're saying, it was me, I was unapologetically, authentically me, and that was okay, is that when that feedback was received, it was probably because you weren't being 100% there and 100% present because you're so in your own head worrying about what other people think. So with that in mind, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received in regards to presenting, pitching or public speaking? Throwing you all the difficult questions now, Jackie. Yeah, they are. Well, the thing that sticks out to me in a public speaking um, space was actually, it was Glenn Delve who gave me the piece of feedback. Because uh, he, you know, I was, it was when I was really struggling with perfectionism and actually starting to realise that it was a problem because before then I hadn't. Um, and I was just trying to make everything perfect and um and glenn glenn delve who's just been like you know he's made big shifts in me and more than he'll ever be able to tell him and he said to me you should look into this thing called carla's drivers and he said you have this driver called the be perfect driver and he said uh, and so I read up about this Carlos drivers thing and there's this four of them um, and mine was the be perfect driver and I read this thing that's like piece of research this guy Carla had done and I just sobbed I was like oh my god it's me and the the way to counteract this like perfect driver which just like ties you in knots and makes you sit in front of presentations and they're never good enough and you work yourself up into this frenzy and you worry about everything he was like you just gotta laugh you've like got to tell a joke you've got to smile someone's got to make you laugh and it just releases that tension and it sounds it sounds like it has nothing to do with public speaking but actually it's had everything to do with public speaking so that for me it has a quick fire answer it's got to be that awesome and finally before we wrap up the interview what is one piece of guidance advice or statement what do you want to be remembered by what should our listeners take on board from you if they because there's so much value in what you've given already what would you what's your roundup piece of advice or guidance for our listeners if you can find a way to be yourself in front of a room of people like that is that is freedom like just having that confidence to not care about what others think enough that you can just stand up there, be you, um, fumble over your words and make fun of yourself, laugh at yourself, not take yourself too seriously. Like that, there is just huge freedom and personal power in that. Be you. I absolutely love that answer. And I can't think of anyone better to have shared that with people having watched it. You know, it's been an absolute privilege to, to be a part of this journey. And you hear people when they're interviewing, oh, this is my really good friend. But, you know, Jackie and I spent 10, 15 minutes before this while she's one side of the world and I'm the other because you genuinely meet some people who have the biggest impact on your life and you need those people who are going through the highs and the lows at that same time. So from my perspective, this has been an absolute privilege to be able to interview you, be able to catch you up and we need another one soon. So for anyone who wants to learn more about Jackie Tomes, about the, uh, the property strategist, about Tomes Tomes, where can people get in touch with you to learn more from you? We're all over social media so that you can connect on social if you just want to watch me, t you know, share content uh, more along these kind of lines. Um, so yeah, feel free to connect across any of the social platforms and you can find all of those on our, on our website. So uh, www.tomeshomes.com, T-O-M-E-S-H-O-M-E-S.com. Or if you're more interested in the, like, the training and consultancy side of what we do, then it's property-strategy.com. Uh, so yeah, 
you can go on there, get all of our social media accounts. You can send us a message, questions, comments, hate mail, all welcome through the website. <laughs> Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time out to be a part of this interview. There's loads of value in there for people. And I think it's definitely worthwhile us doing another one of these later down the line because there is always more progress. It's been an absolute privilege. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Presenting Pitching and Public Speaking. And we will see you next time.